and I would like to provide a trigger warning for listeners who may not be in a healthy place to listen to intimate conversations on topics of sex and female pleasure. We believe in the power of healing from sexual trauma and the importance of protecting yourselves from setbacks on your journey. talk to them you should just go talk to them so I was like I'm gonna go talk to them and I went up and I said hey guys how's it going and then we just talked and it was great so this is me doing something uncomfortable and new again today and you rocked it (sighs) thank you that's my version of it um so today let's just jump into it yeah yeah so today um we've got Georgia here and I am really fucking psyched to talk about this. I am. I've mentioned it to a couple people today, um, what we were going to be talking about. Um, and I think my favorite was my previous boss, uh, his reaction. Because he was like, what are you doing today? And I was like, well, I'm recording a podcast. And he's like, you're, you, you're on a podcast? I was like, I do a podcast. He's like, you do a podcast? Cool girl. I was like, Yeah. We arrived. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, the guest today is talking about how she is in a partnership with someone who is asexual. And he goes, what is that? And I was like, it's someone who does not want to have sex. He was like, that exists? I was like, yeah. Sure does. So <laughs> I think I think that there are a lot of people out there who are not even aware of this um, as a thing. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, thank you for in advance for sharing these you know, this part of your life with us, because sure. I have so many questions. So many questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. But how about, would you yeah, mind just starting sure. out by kind of like introducing who you are and kind of, I don't know, shock factor, just like lay out a couple of secrets <laughs> right away. Did you know this about your partner when you guys, before you got married? No. Okay. Um, we did have sex before we got married, and it wasn't so frequent that it was... A daily thing, but it wasn't really an issue for me. Um, I haven't had sex that many times before. I've had a few different partners, but the level at which we were having sex before we got married seemed like a very normal, reasonable amount to me, and I was very comfortable with it. And when we got married, it just kind of petered out. And I think it's because his work life is so stressful for him that he just doesn't really want to do anything ever of any sort. So sex, other activities, he's just not really into it right now, even when I ask for it. Um, And How long has that been going on then? um, Well, with the exception of Sunday, because it happened Sunday, um, (laughs) it had been, thank you, thank you, um, it had been two years. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how long had you been married before it petered out then? A couple of months. 
Okay. So mm-hmm. pretty quickly early mm-hmm. on. Was there was he aware of that fact then? Like was there a discussion that happened? I didn't bring it up for a while because I wasn't really bothered by it because not having had sex a whole lot, I wasn't really sure how often most people had it. and I was like, Oh, maybe this is like the normal thing. Like maybe you only do it every couple of months, that's fine. And I wasn't really bothered by it. And I didn't really feel like I needed to bring it up because I was comfortable with the level that we were at. Yeah. Until I wasn't anymore. Yeah. So that's when it's gotten more complex. Yeah. Can you go more into detail then about like how this all unfolded? Like when the conversations happened, what they looked like, you know? The conversations seem to happen, well, I always bring them up because he doesn't ever bring them up because I don't think he's bothered by it or really notices it. Um, when I've seen a really good movie or read something really interesting that makes me wish that we were having more sex so that I could experience the things that these characters are experiencing. Um, and that makes me try different methods of bringing it up so that he's not, he doesn't feel confronted because I don't want to make him uncomfortable or feel like I'm angry about it or that I don't like him for who he is. Right. So I have to be very thoughtful in the way that I approach it and not sound accusatory or like something is wrong. But it gets complicated each and every time because he just shuts down. Mm. Like he like physically retreats into himself. Like he's almost a turtle going into his shell and he just yeah. says, I don't know, I don't know, and just his face shuts down, like he just goes blank, mm-hmm. and we don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. No matter how I try to bring it up, when I try to bring it up, mm-hmm. he just he doesn't have answers. He just keeps saying, "I don't know." So, what are the kind of questions you ask him? Do you not like having sex? Do you wish you were having sex with someone else? Do you wish you were having sex with somebody of a different sex? Mm-hmm. What is it about having sex with me that isn't enjoyable for you? And his answers are that it's never about me and that it's just him and he's not in, into it. Mm-hmm. So it's, he's assured me that it has nothing to do with me, which is nice, but doesn't always make me feel like that is the real answer. Yeah. yeah. Those are, I was going to say, like, I feel like there would be some internalizing with that of, because mm-hmm. I also think that as women, I think we were raised being socialized to believe that, like, we were always going to be in the position of turning Mm -hmm. away sex and turning down sex. Right. And I remember I had a partner, this was a couple years ago, and it was the first time that I had been with someone who turned me down for sex. I was like, I just don't feel like it. And that's a very normal thing. Mm -hmm. I do that to men all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the first time it happened to me, I remember I really internalized that as, like, well, what's wrong with me? Am I not sexy? Am I not attractive? Like, are you... Yeah. And I think that I really struggled with that internalization of, like, feeling super rejected. Mm -hmm. Although I also have certainly turned down sex and it had nothing to do with that person Mm -hmm. or, you know, wouldn't matter who was offering it. Well, maybe... Like, one or two people could have offered it. I would have taken them up. But for the most part, it wouldn't matter who was offering it. I probably would have just been like, no, I just, I don't feel in that Mm -hmm. space right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm also sure that it's also different, a whole different ball game when your partner, yeah, is not really in that space. Yeah. Can you talk about, like, feelings a little bit? About, like, how are you feeling today? 
processing that. Today is a little different because we just had sex, and so I feel a weird range of emotions. Like, why on earth did it just happen this week? Knowing that he doesn't know that I'm talking about this today. <laughs> like, I feel, I feel really weird about it. Yeah. Like, somehow he knows. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's just making what me feel a, a little weird. Oh Do you think God. that maybe, because it's been more raised in your consciousness as you've been preparing for this, that maybe some of your mannerisms have been more, like, somehow revolving around sex or but you've been pretty vocal about it right throughout so I think I know why it happened my birthday is coming up and he asked me what I wanted for my birthday and that's what I asked for oh but it was not my birthday on Sunday and so I was surprised (laughs) (laughs) because it's even better though yeah it's even better Mm -hmm. so I think it was because of that request Mm-hmm. But I've asked for it before for other birthdays, and it hasn't happened. So yeah. I don't know why it did this time. Yeah. Yeah. If this is too far, let me know. But was it, what was it like since you haven't done it in two years? You know, like, mm-hmm. was it awkward? Was it, you know? It really comfortable. It was awkward because I was so shocked that it was happening because it's been two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he also just, like, came at me, which he... He is not at all like that. He is not an aggressive person ever. Yeah. And so, like, I was just sitting on the couch typing on my computer, and then all of a sudden he comes over and slams my computer <gasps> shut, sets it aside, That's and then so just, hot. like, jumps on me. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, like, over and over was like, who are you? Like, what is going on? Like, what has gotten into you? And it was just, was it was kind of crazy. Is this better than all the fan fiction you've read? Um, <laughs> I do. I read quite a bit. <laughs> so so good shit. Okay, okay. okay. That's just like that's really hot. But like, I would say like it was the hottest that I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Nice. So it was nice. Good. Yeah. When someone like takes charge and then like you right. feel so desired, you know, like right. that. That's yeah. That's what. Yeah. That's what you. Want. And it really took you by surprise. Yeah, like, I was really just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. But. How, so he sounds very, he sounded like he was very confident, because I was thinking he would maybe be, right. you know, like, like hesitant, or not know what to right. do, We're you know, but, even, right, but which we both usually are, and we have been in the past, mm-hmm. so I don't know where this came from, wow, I'm like, somehow you just knew, like, that is exactly what I needed in the moment, somehow, hmm. but, yeah, so his reaction to you has he explored this at all himself? Like, has he done anything to... And would he say that he's asexual? Or is that what He you would say? not use that terminology. Okay. I don't think that he thinks of himself as anything other than exactly who he is. He's not one to seek out labels. Yeah. That's more my style. And so yeah. I've been trying to fit him into certain boxes. Um, and it just... It's tough, because I don't really know that he thinks about it. I think that he's just so overwhelmed with where he is in life right now and so unhappy in his work life that he just he doesn't really find a lot of joy in a lot of things which is tough yeah well and what I'm hearing you say when you're saying like you you noticed transition it was when Mm -hmm. this job got really stressful Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if it really is a sexuality dimension or if it really is more of like and not to explore someone else's mental health without them there because we won't but I do wonder if it's more of, like, a mental health and or toxic stress mm-hmm. piece. Um, you know, just, like, 
if it maybe isn't have to do with his sexuality, because I think we all can relate to an extent right. of like having moments in our life where we're like, I just don't feel sexual right now. I know like different birth controls I've been on totally killed mm-hmm. my birth, my, my, my sex drive. And I also feel like I've heard from a lot of my friends who struggle with like bouts of depression or just grief and loss. Like when you're sure. grieving a, a, a situation, a loss, I think that also is just like a kill to your sex drive. And it doesn't necessarily change your sexuality. Right. Although I will admit that when I, one of the birth controls that I was on that killed my, se- my sex drive, I did start questioning my sexuality because I was like, mm. I used to love sex with men and I don't right now. And I did start like questioning my sexuality when really it was a chemical. It was, fire yeah. I relate so much to what you said of like trying to find different strategies to come at it and like your level of like self-awareness in this whole situation I can just I can see and like feel like that wrestling that you've done with yourself you know of like is it me is it Mm -hmm. him and like where are you at with that like in in the sense of like because ultimately like you don't want to assign blame right but there's that tendency to do that you know where have you come at that like mentally you know then have you arrived I unfortunately think that most of the time I put it fully on him because mm-hmm. I feel like I've tried everything that I can think of in my arsenal. You know, I've tried different techniques. I've tried different times of day. I've tried, like, I've even sent him an email about it to see if that would be easier for him to open <laughs> up. Because you know, we, you know, that's just how we are. Like, yeah. we do better talking over technology yeah. than we do in person. And so I thought yeah. maybe that would help. Yeah. But it, I got the same response. Yeah. Um, so it was not as is useful and I feel like it's not really me because I at least I'm willing to talk it over. Yeah. Even if we don't come to the same understanding, I'm at least willing to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's on him right now. Mm-hmm. Though Sunday's activities do change it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did you guys meet? Online. Okay. Which I think oh, is so part of the reason yeah. why we're just more comfortable talking that way totally. because that's, that's how we got started. to know each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we even met, we were emailing each other for weeks. Yeah. So emails just kind of our our jam. Yeah, that's cool. Well, to you know, to go through this with someone, I mean, because love, you know, there's so many different mm-hmm. forms and expressions of love and the whole like love languages thing. And um, so, how do you? Where do you find that source of love in your relationship? You know. We have a lot of fun together. Yeah. I I wouldn't call him my best friend because I don't really see partners as best friends. I have best friends that are not romantic partners. Yeah. Um, but, like, he is my favorite person to travel with. Like, he's hilariously funny. We find the same kinds of things annoying. In fact, we spend, like, most of our days talking about how annoyed we are by the same thing. <laughs> um, like, we have a lot in common, and yeah. there's a lot about us that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so, there's no question that I love him. It's just complex. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. I've talked it over with a few friends that I trust, and they don't always see it, but it's, you know, it feels right to me. You know, yeah. a lot of people... Their opinion is if the sex isn't working, then the relationship isn't working. And I don't necessarily think that that's the be-all, end-all answer. Yeah. also, it's not like sex has never worked for you guys. Right. It's that sex hasn't worked in a while. Right. Since Sunday. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. 
I also think that because I I also think that growing up the way that I did, very Christian, very conservative, very repressed sexuality. I think that when I first was introduced to the concept of, like, sexual compatibility, I was very skeptical, where I was like, well, I don't want a relationship that's all about sex, so I don't really care. And now I've adopted a little bit of a different belief, where I'm like, well, I do think sexual compatibility exists, but, like, what you're saying, Pepper, like, I don't want that to be the primary bond or connection or primary Mm -hmm. expression of love. But I also do like that it is it can be an expression of love. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like it was at one point an expression of love for you guys regularly. Mm-hmm. Well, and by regularly, I mean it was like four times. Like it was not a... Oh, okay. I, oh, okay. I am able to count the amount of times I've had sex on both hands in my entire life. So... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that does change the conversation. It does. I did not realize that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you like sex? I haven't had enough of it to know if I really do or not. Okay. I I do, but until a few months ago, I'd never had an orgasm. So my impression of it until that point was just what I had seen on TV, and I couldn't figure out mm-hmm. why it wasn't like that, like it looks like on TV, because it's not. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. So you never had an orgasm. Nope. So this might be a very... <laughs> you might be telling a lot. Have you ever had an orgasm with a partner? Never. Whether there was sex or not? No. Just, okay. Mm-mm. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. So you've only ever had an orgasm alone. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm understanding. Yes. Okay. Do you want to tell us kind of how you discovered that? Well, last fall, I was really grappling with this whole deal and wondering, what do I do if he's not interested, but I am for some reason interested right now, what are my options? And I was like, well, I could go find somebody, but that's not really my style. Would he have been okay with that? No. Um, And I could have done it and not told him, but I don't know that I, well, I know that that's not something that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. So my other options were to research on the internet. And I found out about, well, I already knew, but I rediscovered the world of sex toys. Mm-hmm. So I did some research, and I picked one and got it, and had it shipped to an Amazon locker so that nobody would ah! see it and, or know about it. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. it's compl- You just have it sent to wherever. Like, they have them at grocery stores like or a- malls, and you just what? pick it up. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, and it just, like, it goes into a little locker, they give you a code, and then you go pick it up whenever you want. Yeah, so it doesn't go to your house, it doesn't go to your workplace. Holy shit. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, so I got it, and it was a vibrator. And I, like, could not figure it out. Like, I am the dumbest person <laughs> with the simplest thing sometimes. Like, I, like, one night when he wasn't feeling well, so he was, like, you know, off in the bedroom doing, I think he was taking a nap or something, I decided to try it out. And I tried and tried and tried for, like, 45 minutes and nothing. And I was like, I don't understand how this is supposed to work. Like, I don't even understand my own body. And yeah. so I threw it in a drawer and I was like, whatever, I guess I'm not into that. I guess I will never have sex ever and just live without orgasms forever, and kind of forgot about it for um, months until earlier this summer when I was home alone, 
and like in a really <laughs> weird mood and I was like what should I do what could I like I had the house all to myself <gasps> oh <I'm laughs> like, and so I got it out and I was like I'm just I'm gonna see what happens and then I figured it out, and that was so wonderful. <laughs> so the second time, though, you figured it out then? Yes. Are you using it? Yeah. Nice. That's on it, like, it took me way longer than that, that with my vibrator. <laughs> yeah, I, because, um, I actually, so our friend bought me a little book mm-hmm. on how to orgasm. Okay. I was, how old, I must have been like 22, 23. Yeah. And yeah, she bought me this book, and then I bought myself a tiny little vibrator thing. Like, the one that's, like, has a cord oh, connected yeah. to, like, a little, like, you know, control mm-hmm. sort of situation. And, um, yeah, I tried and tried and tried, and it, it did not work. And it, I actually ended up buying... It felt good, mm-hmm. but I never orgasmed sure. from it. And then, uh, I was dating someone, and he and I were at, like, a garage sale. And we found <laughs> this, like, this... It's called a sports... A sports massager. Oh. And it was, like, from the 50s. <laughs> and it was this, like, heavy-duty, uh, you know, thing. Like, you plug it into the wall, and it was just, like, one speed. <laughs> and it was fucking insane. And it would fuck you up. And that's how... And you how bought it at a garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... I did not know this about you. Yep. And Chris was like, that's, like, an old-school vibrator. And I was like, yes, it is. And so I was How much was it? For like five bucks, <laughs> and so I started using oh that, God. but it like ruined my clit, and because it was it was just like it was like a fucking jackhammer, like it was insane, oh and I would come so fast every time. But I swear, like my my clit was like getting calloused and shit from it. <laughs> so I stopped using it actually this year and went back to the good old like diddling with my finger. Good old diddling, and that's what I do now. Because I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin myself, you know. So uh-huh. I just diddle away, and <laughs> and then my friend actually bought me a a dildo that I now use in combination with it, which is amazing. I just started like she bought it for me for Christmas, and I just started using it like two months ago, mm-hmm. um, and that's great. Diddle and the dildo, <laughs> diddle and the dildo, diddle and the dildo combination. <laughs> yeah. We'll say a little bit of weed is great. <laughs> and real, like I remember one time masturbating while I was high and I started to picture my clit like a penis <laughs> and it ah. and it like really helped. <laughs> like, it really helped. Okay. It somehow really helped things get there. Huh. And then like I can't describe how it made sense, but it made me understand my body better okay. and know how to work it better. Hmm. I've imagined that I had a penis when I was fantasizing. Which is a weird... It wasn't even a fantasizing. It was, like, an anatomical thing of, like, getting me off. Oh. Like, it was just the... You were, like... It was a way of manipulating the clit. Like it was a penis. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And I can't... It's hard to describe, but... Interesting. Yeah. But it worked. But when you... Okay, what about you? (laughs) What what about me? We'll go around the circle. We'll go around the circle. You're, you know, (laughs) your first time masturbating. Um... It's a great story. Okay, yeah, it is, it's a great story because it literally took me by surprise. I did not intend to masturbate, I, but it turned out great for me. I had had orgasms before with my boyfriend just doing, like, dry-humping Christian girl shit. Which is fucking crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's still my preference for how to come, That's actually. crazy. Um, anyhow... I, so, like, I think, like, senior year of high school, I was dating this guy, and, like, 
we would like mess around, but always with all of our clothes on, like very like Christian girl stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was orgasm, but I would never tell him, which is ironic because he would jizz every fucking time, which was inconvenient to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so anyhow, then my freshman year of college, I remember I was literally talking to my roommate, who's one of my best friends, who, if she hears this, I think she already knows the story, but girl, you're part of my first time. But (laughs) I was literally talking to her, and I had, like, changed in bed, so I had, like, my clothes in bed with me, and I literally rolled over, over this dirty pair of jeans. So dirty. And literally, like, immediately was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Oh my god! And then, like, thankfully, she had like Did you go come in the right shower. then. No, I didn't. But I like felt how good it felt to like just hump something. How could one roll? <laughs> no, girl, it was a good pair of jeans. I know. Lucky to have it. <laughs> That's never mind. Anyhow, so I like did that, and then she had to go take a shower, and I like finished the job with this pair of jeans, and um, it felt super great. Yeah, it felt super great. It's not terribly hard for me to have an orgasm, although I will say that if I don't feel comfortable with somebody and I'm doing it with another person, it is hard for me to come, obviously. Like, I need to feel like pretty yeah. respected and connected to yeah. someone to feel comfortable doing that. But you have to have someone that you feel comfortable enough sharing that with Definitely. It's like an And I do think means. I have the best orgasms alone. Mm-hmm. I do think mm-hmm. that, like... I mean, I've had some great sex this last little bit of my life but I do think that I just I think I just like know myself better than anyone knows me and now that I've been practicing masturbation for eight whole years (laughs) I'm I pretty much know what I'm trying to do yeah yeah I do you have that like where it feels like your heartbeat is like pounding in your vagina then afterwards yeah yeah Sometimes. That's my favorite Not all part. the times, actually, but sometimes I Oh, really? That, that happens to me every time. Hmm. That, it's like, it's like, I mean, just because you've just, so much blood has just sure. rushed there, you know, and then it's just like pulsating. I'm also kind of like a stereotypical man, though, where, like, I fall asleep immediately. Oh, hmm. really? I like cuddling, but, like, that will be the end of the evening. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest about that. <laughs> and now we can snuggle and watch... The first 20 minutes of a movie, and then I'm going to be gone. <laughs> that is how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about when you do it by yourself? Um, I do like doing it before I take a nap, or before, like if I'm having trouble falling asleep, definitely. Huh. I also really like it in the morning, actually. I like masturbating in the morning. Like, I always do it in the morning. If I have a... Like, obviously not on a work day, because I'm kind of like usually not able to, like, wake up early enough to do that. <laughs> I, like, sleep right up until the moment where it's like, oh, okay, kitty. Like, you need to do- get up. You do need to take a shower today. But, like, on the weekends, yeah, I really like masturbating in the morning. Yeah, I like, because I rub coconut oil all over my body, so then once all I All get- over your body? Oh, it's great, yeah. Oh, okay. And once I get to my vagina, then I'm like, Oh shit, now I want to masturbate. <laughs> oh, that. you just do that like as like a just take care of your skin. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were just like the part of the masturbation routine. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, like, all over oh, your body. Like, wow, you do some planning. <laughs> You're making a uh-huh. time investment. <laughs> One time though, I did ask a boy to come come over and rub coconut oil all over my body. And he did, and it was really hot. It was great. I just asked for back massages. <laughs> but you don't give them enough. 
Okay, well, we're not even going to talk about that. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I am just going to vent about that one. Okay. I just got out of a relationship with this guy who literally, like, the main critique he had for me when he would, like, critique my character was that I don't give enough back massages. Yeah. And I was yep. like, that can change. Like, I can do that. And But yep. he would, like, bring it up. Like, you do not rub my back enough. I was like, okay. <laughs> who asks for that? <laughs> I mean, I do ask for it sometimes, but actually. Is, like, but the it was, like, a character critique. It was, like, he thought I was a selfish lover because I didn't give him enough back massages. Did he ask for a lot of them? No. Well, then He's how like, are you supposed to know I'm you supposed to know up? this. Clearly, Georgia, I'm just supposed to know. Okay. But that was clearly a rough relationship ending, and that is what Pepper just really wanted to bring up I right did. Now. I did. I'm glad I did. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> um, so now that you've, like, ventured into the world of orgasms. Yes. Are you, like, psyched? Like, are you, like, you want yeah. to... Because, like, you've, kind of, you've, you've broken through. Yes. So now you get to figure out... You've done it once, so you know how to do it again, and now you yep. get to figure out the ways that work yep. better for you and... It yeah. is tricky, though, because I have a partner at home that I, you know, I don't want to do it in front of him. Definitely not in front of him, but not even while he's aware of it. And so I have yeah. to be very careful about when I do it. And I happen to be a morning person, so usually, like, 4.30 in the morning, I... 4.30? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's a different kind yeah. of morning person. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is makes me some really interesting <laughs> days, yeah. Um, so that's what I do. Sometimes I'll, like, leave work early and go do that. I think people think that I'm just going to go home and, like, watch TV, but that's not at all. (laughs) But, I mean, I, out of respect for him and his comfort level, I don't think that he, I haven't actually asked him, um, what he would think about that. He doesn't. Until Sunday, he didn't know that I had any of this stuff. I was going to ask if he knew. Oh, so did he find out? Okay. He, he does know now because it came out during certain activities. Oh, really? Um, yes. And so wow. now he knows. And I haven't figured out how to broach the subject again now that we're not um, <laughs> naked <laughs> and engaged in activity. Um, so I'm sure that he remembers, but he is too... <laughs> I'm sure he remembers, he too. He is too reserved to ever bring it up to me, and so I think Aww. he's waiting for me to bring it up to him. Yeah. But I, I haven't figured out how I want to do that yet. Yeah. But he does know that I have some now, and I wonder how that will change things. Yeah. Because now when I, like, go out of bed at 4.30 in the morning, like, he knows what I'm going to do. Like, he usually is still asleep, but sometimes I'll, you know wake up when I get out of bed and I think he just thinks that I'm going downstairs to watch TV or do something and that is mm-hmm. not what I am doing. Yeah. So do you masturbate to porn or do you masturbate to your imagination or to your fan fiction? To my fan fiction. Yeah. Yes. Kitty knows that I'm a big fan of lots of different kinds of fan fiction. Um I read some, like, standard erotica, but for some reason, fan fiction about characters that I know and love really just works for me. And they happen yeah. to be gay male characters. That really, really works for me. Yeah. I don't know why. I love so what characters? What characters? Well, this will definitely give me away to anybody who might know. Oh. Well, do you want to say it then? If you don't want <laughs> um, to, that's fine. I will say it, okay. because anybody who's going to hear this probably... Um, already, already knows, knows. <laughs> so it'll be a surprise. Um, well, I started reading fan fiction in 2009 when Glee was really big. There were two characters, Kurt and Blaine, that I just loved to death. And I was on Tumblr, you know, a social media site, and I was reading, I was like in the, the Clane fandom because it was Kurt and Blaine, so Clane together. I was in the Clane fandom, and 
I saw this story, and I was like, oh, great, more Glee, and had no idea that it was going to be, like, you know, Around rated you. M for very mature. I would just thought that it was, like, you know, somebody's fun story about what happened off the show. And then it ventured into very, very interesting territory, and I didn't know what to do, because I was very new to all of this in 2009. I was like, I don't even know if I should keep reading this. I feel like I need to ask permission before I start reading this. <laughs> and, but I started reading it, and I was like, oh my god, like, this is good. Because it, it's really well-written. Like, it's not... It's <laughs> really well-written Glee fan Oh my gosh, it's, like, it's some of the best writing I've ever read. And so... What? And, oh my gosh, it's so good. I will take... If you say that, I will actually take that seriously because I know that you are, like, a very... It, like, you are very well read. Thank you. Yeah. Not all of it is great, but there are certain <laughs> writers that just really know how to write well. Yeah. And so it... I read a lot of that for a long time, and then eventually had to, like, take a step back because I was reading it, like, all day, every day, and it was getting to be a bit much. And so I took a little break. <laughs> a bit much. And I was like, maybe... You're just plain. Right. I need to... I need to stop doing this. And so I took a break from fan fiction for a while. But then, and this is where I'll give myself away, I am the world's biggest One Direction fan. Like, I love them (laughs) to death. And the main reason, well, one of the main reasons that I love them so much is because there's massive speculation that two of them are dating each other. And this, like... This is, like, private investigator, like, conspiracy theory level shit. Like, it's not just, like, two tweet, like, little girls who are like, oh, I think they liked... No. Like, this is years and years. Like, there are lawyers in on this. There's lawyers? Yeah. Like, lawyers who are in the fandom, like, analyzing every single piece of, like, body language and conversation and, like, even, like, every look and every lyric and every, like, location check-in, like... It is. Why can lawyers help with that? I feel like that would be like a psychologist. There are also psychologists. Okay. Body language experts. It's everyone. doctors. Like, everyone is in on this shit. And so <laughs> I was like, maybe it's time to bring the fan fiction back. And so I am all about the Larry Stylinson because it's Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson. So together, Larry Stylinson. And there is some A-plus fan fiction out there. Like, it is. All right. Right. Award-winning shit. It's so good. Like it's it's like eight hundred pages long in certain cases. Oh my it's god! So good. Yeah. Whoa. And so um. there are, there are two in particular that I'll read that really really make me want to masturbate. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll read those or parts of them because there are certain parts that I like better than others. Um. Yeah, I, I don't so know. So, like, you'll read them and then you'll go masturbate then kind of thing? Like, is that... This is, or okay, like, I'm super dorky. Like, I have my computer in front I of me it. while I'm doing it. I and love like, it. I go, like, through the good parts while I'm masturbating. Yeah. 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 For someone who, like, who reads a lot, you know, like, yeah. like that's, like, how your mind right. works. Like, that makes sense. Like, I'm not as into visual stuff. And so, yeah. like, porn doesn't really do anything for me like me either I've, I've watched it before but i especially like don't find heterosexual porn very interesting like i just yeah it's so male-centric and i just i'm trying to watch okay this is i should not admit this on in public but i 
It's okay. We started... probably have like 16 subscribers. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> I started watching porn a while ago because I was trying to learn how to have an orgasm. Yeah. And none of it is very educational. No, no. It does not explain anything about no. how you go about doing that for a woman. And yeah. so I just don't find it that interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't ever... I mean, there's no connection, you know, no. with any of the people in it for me. Yeah, I... I started watching porn, like, when I started masturbating, because I was like, oh, this is what you do. But it was just like, yeah, no. none of it was relatable. None of it even really turned me on. No. Because none of it, it was also staged. Right. You know, like, if anything was, like, if anything was actually happening organically and right. like shit like that, then I would maybe yeah. be turned on a little bit more. But I just listen to Beyonce, and, then, and I'm, I'm good. <laughs> good. Yeah. But. I feel like I need a storyline. Yeah. So, like, whether there's porn or just, like, my own fantasy in my head, like, I don't enjoy just, like, porn that's just, like, the action. No. I'm like, that's not interesting. There's no connection there, which I know maybe makes me, like, a huge sap, but, like, there has to be a connection. Even in, like, my, like, sexy time fantasies in my head, (laughs) like, there's still, like, a connection to that Uh person, I think. I guess I can think of some where there's not, but, If you're in the right mood... You can do without the connection. Yeah. But I think in most cases, yeah. the connection is what I'm does it for me. I'm trying to get into me. the mood. Yeah. I feel like that's what gets me into the mood. If I'm already into the mood, then I can, like, handle some just, like, good getting... Yeah. But I think that if I'm, like, trying to get into the mood, I have to have a storyline. I have to have some type of a connection to this person. And there has to be some, like, seduction on one mm-hmm. side or both sides. So are you usually thinking about someone that you know when you're mm-hmm. masturbating? Or you're just watching a story unfold. Watching a story unfold. That you somehow relate to. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can, like, put yourself in the story. Yes. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is that... Well, for you, it's... It's, like, gay erotica, so you don't... I mean, do you feel a... I don't feel like I want to... within the story? No. I just... I don't even know what it is, because it's not, like... It is the act of two men being together. It's like the emotional connection that they have yeah. in these like really well written stories. Like they just happen to be two men. Yeah. I just I haven't found any heterosexual mm-hmm. or a lesbian fan fiction that has the same level of connection. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I don't think of myself as a gay man. Like I'm not interested in even like being physically present when two men are having sex. <laughs> right. The story yeah. is just yeah, really good, stellar. Gotcha. Yeah. If I were to find something that was well written, that was it would probably have the same effect. Okay. But I have yet to find it. So thank you to the fifteen year olds that write my favorite yeah. story. <laughs> Is there something about it being a forbidden thing, you know, and it like a stigma be. attached to it, you know, or something like that? That there could be, but I don't. I don't really think there is because I. I personally don't feel like there's anything forbidden about it being two men. I think maybe because of where I went to college and having a lot of conservative friends, that makes me feel a bit rebellious for liking that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I personally don't feel like there's... Anything wrong with it. Right. Right. Yeah. I am wondering, and also tell me if this is just like, we're not going to go down there. But I'm also wondering if being able to witness men having pleasure... And being super sexually driven sure. is a turn on because that's not really how your partner expresses his sure. himself. Well, that's interesting. It's very like, possible. Because I will say that some of the things I've learned from my darling fanfiction 
did work on him on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Damn, maybe I need to read more fan fiction. I'd be happy to send you a couple yeah. really good ones. Because I think that I'm moves. very turned on during sex when, and I've only had male partners, so like when the, my partner is like very expressive mm-hmm. that they're having a good time. Sure. Right? And so like I think that like male pleasure does increase my pleasure. And so I can see how, like, witnessing just, like, double the male pleasure or mm-hmm. triple or quadruple, whatever, the male pleasure. Like, I can see that being something that would be a very attractive quality, even mm-hmm. if it's not something that you want to replicate. Sure. Because you aren't a man. Yeah. Right. Um, I wanted to ask, too, kind of more about the dynamics with your partner where, like, do you, do you have any, cons- like, worry that he would be judging you for wanting to, like... Because you said that he you hadn't told him ever about your sex toys. That yeah. he does he even know that you've ever had an orgasm? No, he doesn't. I didn't. I almost told him on Sunday, but then mm-hmm. I got distracted and didn't. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't know about that. But he does know that I read fan fiction. Yeah. So that's okay. Um, yeah. So do you? I guess I'm just curious, like, why you wouldn't tell him that, or, like, if you're worried that it would make him feel like... I don't know. I, it really just hasn't come up, and I think I also just wanted to figure things out for myself first. Yeah. Because, you know, like, not being able to have an orgasm by the time you're 31 is, like, I don't know, I feel like that's, for me, it feels like it's really late for me, and I wish that it would have happened a lot sooner, and I just wanted to figure out how to make it happen before I tried it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen on Sunday with him. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I thought it would now that I figured out how to do it. I thought that it would just happen and it didn't. Oh, it takes so oh, long. To fix. Yeah. Yeah. I I can uh, see how that would feel. Yeah. Like, was there a certain air of, like, disappointment afterwards? Where you were Not like, for oh, me. Thought, okay. But I think he felt bad that it didn't just magically happen and I wanted to be like well you don't give me a lot of chances to practice with you like it's not just going to magically come out of nowhere but I mean I still had a really good time yeah Yeah. so I well sex isn't just about orgasm it's really not and so Mm -hmm. like I think that that would not be a surprising factor if you were able to like achieve orgasm alone multiple times because you're with yourself, you trust yourself, you mm-hmm. know yourself, and then and you're not like self conscious about like are you having fun? Are you right. in pain? Are you weirded out? Like, yeah, that's yeah, very true. So did he orgasm though? He did. Okay. <laughs> do you think that yeah, was that too much? Do you think <laughs> that? Do you think that he masturbates? I asked him and he said no. Huh. That makes me, f- yeah, that, that's, I mean, yeah. I I would be so curious about more about him, but I think that we probably shouldn't go down that direction because he's not here, but. I am also curious, curious about him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I just am so, I think there's a difference that I'm sensing too between you and me though, because for me, I think part of what makes me bond to everybody, even including partners, is like this real transparency. That's why I have a podcast about telling secrets. Sure. That's why I tell all my secrets. I love, like, total honesty, transparency. And so I think it it's just a different hat for me to try out. And when I think sure. about, like, if you, you and your life partnership with somebody who 
maybe it's for their benefit too that they not know some of those things and so I'm curious like do you feel like you're keeping a secret or do you feel like because it would benefit him you don't feel guilt about it or I don't feel guilt about it I feel weird about it but it's not guilt and I think in some ways I feel like I'm trying to protect him because I know that he's not interested in it so I don't want him to feel like I had to explore other methods because he wasn't you know satisfying me which also is just feels weird to say so I think that's why I haven't told him and haven't really discussed it with him mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to talk about it at all, so why should I talk about it? Sure. You know, like, he doesn't want to have sex with me, so why would I tell him that I have sex toys? Yeah. Right, it's just going to be rubbing it in his face kind right. of thing. But he does know now. I mean, he doesn't yeah. know how many I have, uh-huh. but he does know. Yeah. And I think now that he does know, I have more opportunities to bring it up yeah. other times. Mm-hmm. Well, and if he for some reason yeah. felt, like, upset about it, he has the opportunity to bring it up. To right, you he is too. an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he could bring it up if mm-hmm. at this point he, for some reason, felt uncomfortable or mm-hmm. curious. Right. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about it with him, but I want him to bring it up. I'm not going to force him to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a, does that produce any anxiety for you, like, living in that space? It of, does. Yeah, I would, I would be a fucking wreck. <laughs> it's really tough. Like, in certain seasons, it's really tougher than in other seasons. I don't even really think about it at all. Yeah. So it's, it changes. Yeah. It's also a very new season for you, though, right. too. Like, it's very recent in your life. Right. And I also think that at age, like, 31, like, I'm sure there's also a huge relief in, like, I'm capable of something right. that I didn't know if I was. Right. Yeah, yeah I thought that ship had sailed. <laughs> it has not. No. So, <laughs> I just I find that so fun. encouraging, though, because I feel like I've actually had conversations... With a surprisingly large number of women, predominantly, one man as well, but predominantly women, who've really struggled in adulthood with, like, achieving orgasm and with achieving orgasm with a partner. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much about sexuality that's, like, so psychological, and it's, like, mm-hmm. your brain is your biggest sex organ and, like, the most important sex organ. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's so much when you're... I think there's so much that people, like, are expecting with sex that then, like, especially people who are, like, waiting for marriage to have sex or waiting for a very serious, intimate relationship to have sex Mm -hmm. that I think is very surprising and sometimes, like, actually really disappointing. We're like, oh, this isn't automatically going to be compatible sexually just because we're so compatible emotionally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like... And I just think, I mean, I've talked to a couple of women who, like, I think they've actually even gone to some specialists to talk about, like, potential, like, sexual disorders. Sure. Um, And so I think that's very encouraging to hear that someone, like, in their 30s never had an orgasm, but it doesn't sound like you maybe had a disorder. You just hadn't maybe tried Mm -hmm. what was right for you. Mm -hmm. It honestly didn't even occur to me to try until, like, last year, like... When I was, like, 23, I checked out a book at the library to try to learn how to do it, and I could not figure it out. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. And I gave up on it for seven years. Mm-hmm. So. Well. Georgia, is there anything else? Maybe, actually, do you want to give any, like, shout-out pep talk to, like, any other listeners who maybe are also like have never had an orgasm or maybe are struggling with their own like expression with their partners just anything you wish you had heard about a year ago 
Yeah, I will give a shout out to the website Ojoy Sex Toy because <laughs> they're the ones that taught me the what's out there and the best ones to get, nice. which helped me achieve orgasm. Is this a dot com situation? It sure is. Okay. Can I use an incognito browser so that I can? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Amazing! Amazing! And then have them send it to an Amazon right. locker. Right. Um, yeah, I mean. As cheesy as it is, like, I think communication really is key. Even if you don't get an answer, mm-hmm. you just have to keep trying. Because if you don't bring it up, it's they won't know that it's an issue. Yeah. And you won't get anywhere. And even though I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, I at least got somewhere on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, at least you know that you've done everything that you right. can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, um, this has been another episode of Top Secret Girlcast. Um, thanks so much for joining us, Georgia. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And, uh, stay tuned for our next episode, which I have no idea what what it'll be about, because I'm not sure that we even actually have another interview lined up. But if you are interested in being on the podcast, please email us at topsecretgirlcast at gmail.com, or find us on Instagram or Facebook, um, or Twitter, although I don't really know how to use our Twitter account, um, because that's just how I am. But, um... (laughs) We'd love to hear from you. Alright, bye. bye. Hello, beautiful people. Kitty here to give some shout-outs to the many giving souls that make Top Secret Girlcast possible. Our podcast is produced by my Trey Trey Dope cousin, Derek, and our music is by the incredibly talented Bob Bean, who Pepper and I would like to give a giant shout out for making the music production for our podcast super duper easy and customized to our every last girl casting desire. Lastly, thank you to all of the guests who have already been and will be courageous enough to be vulnerable with us on the show. If you or someone you know would be interested in having your secret read on the podcast or being interviewed on the show in our Northeast Minneapolis studio, please email us at topsecretgirlcast at gmail.com.
My mom would always talk about sex being such a beautiful thing. Mm. She said it in such an annoying way. We were mm. like, please stop talking about it right now. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And we're like, God, mom, this is the best kind of birth control. Um, but 